Thanks for listening to the Gateway Live podcast, a collection of recent sermons, teaching, and inspirational content brought to you by Gateway Church of Upstate New York. Visit our website at gatewaylive.org for more information. Now, here's today's message. So, here's what it says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. And, and I love the simplicity of this. It says just how many things? One. Just one thing. Oh, so, so many people make Christianity and live for God. You know, so it's not that complicated. It's not. And Paul says to the church of Philippi, he said, just one thing. Live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. I'm going to tell you this, he would not ask us to do it if we weren't capable of doing it. We can live our lives in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. It says, then whether I come to and see you or am absent, I will hear about you and uh, that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, walking side by side for the faith that comes from the gospel, not by being frightened in any way uh, by your opponents. This is a sign of destruction for them, but for you deliverance, and this from God. For it has been given to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Uh, I just want to, you know, encourage you this morning uh, and, and exhort the uh, there, there are some crazy things going on around us. And as you know, as we, you know, you see it on all manner of uh, media, uh, and, um, you know, you get all this stuff instantly. And uh, certainly we live in the time where, where the Scripture says in the last days um, there will be seducers. It's going to be seduction that's going to draw many away, and, and uh, it's going to be worse and worse. And obviously we are, if, if you have any spiritual sense at all, you can see what's going on around us, the darkness that's risen around us. But I, w- I want to encourage you today, you know, because some people think that because of evil uh, seemingly uh, multiplying around us, that, that the kingdom of God is somehow diminished. But it is not. I was reading something this morning. Will the church rise up? And I'm like, duh. Of course the church is going to rise up. Come on. The great thing about the day that we live, we, we we know the end of the matter. Do we not? I realize the enemy looks like he's having a heyday. But I'm telling you, it is short lived. And we may have to suffer some things, but it's been that right here it says, for it has been given to you on Christ's behalf not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. It's a gift. Well, I, I, I do not like suffering, okay? I don't. But I'm going to tell you what, I will willingly do that and suffer rather than give in to the spirit of our age. I want to tell you a couple things. There is no new spirits that are born. These are old. These have been around from the beginning of time. 
And and so you're thinking, you know, well, why is it so much? Well, they've gotten they've gotten a little more. They're getting smarter and smarter as they deal with humanity, and, and you know the the one world uh, system that we're in. It gets to they get to spread their message instantaneously. Don't you think we're not wrestling against uh, uh, um, principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places? That's what we're fighting against. This isn't a flesh and blood thing. It's not a liberal uh, conservative thing. It's not a political party. It, it is spiritual wickedness in high places. And unfortunately, I think in, a, in America, both our parties have spiritual wickedness in high places. And so when you get, when you get tired of the political game, I'm pro- you, you fall back on the foundation of truth in Christ. And that's your safety. That is our security. I'm not telling you not to be involved. And Man, let's be involved. Vote, do all that stuff. But I'm going to tell you what. I, I, I am convinced that what's coming upon us is, is unstoppable. But so is the revival that's going to be a result of the wickedness. So is the, the, just the end gathering of God's chosen and we, we get to participate in that if we are willing to suffer. So here, here's one point I want to make in this. It says, he said, live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel. Then whether I come to see you or I'm absent, I'll hear about your standing firm in one spirit and with one mind, working side by side for the faith that comes from the gospel. Not frightened. My fear doesn't stand a chance. We sing the songs. You need to not just sing the songs, but let them become a part of what you believe. The idea of living our lives worthy of the gospel, it's not just rules and regulations, but it's standing in the, play, in, in, in the face of adversity, in the face of difficult times and, and, and spiritual wickedness, and not being afraid. Realizing, hey, you know what? There's some who have lived in that day when, well, does Jesus care? Does he not care? Does he care? Does he not? He cares today, doesn't care tomorrow. He cares. Okay? You ought to settle that in your life. And so regardless what comes, the idea of the blessings of God in our life, it doesn't mean that you're not going to suffer. We suffer. I believe it's a gift. And, and, and the thing of it is, if you can learn to suffer the times of your life, this has been an incredibly difficult year for me so far. But man, oh man, I'm telling you, I, and I'm not, trying to, I'm not making this up and trying to paint a road. I'm telling you, God is good. There is joy. Yeah, but look at all the turmoil. Well, you can look at all the turmoil or you, if you want, or you can turn your eyes on Jesus and look at his goodness. And I'm telling you, he's good. It says, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If I looked at the world, hmm, but I'm looking at him, it's amazing how unmoved he is by all the trouble around it's like he's not even shaking at all. He must know something that we don't. You think? 
If you can look at him, I, and I've told you this before, I say it again, i got to fly to Wichita and drive back with my grandsons. Leaving in the morning, I'll be back Wednesday. woo I'm not excited about that. Um, I'm not excited about two dogs in, in, in a van. But anyway, so flying, I've flown quite a bit, and uh, there's... And when I first started flying, I, you know, turbulence, you ever get in turbulence, you're like, ah! Or, or, you know, when I was 18, first time on a plane going to the Navy, whatever, all of a sudden, they, they go, the engine would be throttled down. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to die. I was scared. And then, and then after a while, I thought, man, I can't just be ruled by this. So I started watching the stewardess. And you know what? You know the time to freak out on a plane is when the stewardess is freaking out. Otherwise, you're probably okay. I mean, just look around. And, and again, the, there's people of faith here that have gone through some incredible difficult situations, and they just breeze through it with confidence. Why? Because they're looking at the author and finisher of our faith. And, and if you're in a, in a time of turmoil or struggle, man, oh, man, quit focusing on all the turmoil. Just focus on him. He has never lost one. Not one. So, so but here's the other point. He says, uh, just one thing, live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel, then whether I come and see you or am absent. I got to tell you what. If you're a different person here than you are out there, not being critical, you don't have it. Okay? And I don't say that to beat you up. I say that so that you have it. You don't have to pretend to be somebody here and then be who you are out there. Okay, that doesn't, that just, as if God doesn't know who you are. Isn't that funny? I tell you, I, uh, you know, the, the little ones, you know, they're trying to hide and they're sticking out all over. They're under the blankets and you're, like you're going to find them and it's like, ha-ha, you know, and they think they're hiding. And some of you are acting like, just infants, children that think you're hiding from God and you're not. You're better off with the reality of who you are and letting that come into subjection to the gospel and letting God's uh, uh, the, the forgiveness in your life and, and the deliverance that he has. And, and I'm, some people need deliverance. There's no harm or foul in that. Some of the greatest uh, uh, followers of Christ in the Gospels needed devils cast out of them. If you're sitting here with the devil today, you're all right. Because the devil's not going to stay. Not if you make it up your mind that, that, you know, and you take the time that it takes to tarry in his presence. And you will be set free. One of these days, somebody's going to, just might be today, if you're oppressed, that somebody's going to come alongside with faith and lay hands on you, and you're going to be set free. 
well, I'm ashamed of that. What are you ashamed of? Being a human being? I, I do not. That shame is the one thing that causes us to, li- to, to whether, I, Paul said, whether I come or whether I'm absent, shame is the one thing that we try to pretend not to be. And then when we're by ourselves, we live in that place. By the grace of God, when we're allowed to t- take our shame and, and give it to the Lord Jesus, and, and, and instead of condemnation and judgment, we feel nothing but love and acceptance. Think about that. Why? What in the world do you think he went to the cross for? He bore our shame. He took our judgment. Yes, you're a dirty, rotten scoundrel. But for some reason, he loves you. For some reason, he died for dirty, rotten scoundrels. Why? Because he values each and every one of us. And so my point is, and I'm not asking you to, if you're a vile, wretched individual, keep that under control for a while. Okay? I don't need you to display that here all the time. But what I'm telling you is, Don't be ashamed to bring that to God because he will set you free from it. You don't have to hide it and hide it and hide it. There's nothing, and we don't, don't, um, you know, have a confessional where you come in and everybody tells me, you know, uh, all their sins, and I tell you what to do to get rid of them. That's not, I don't believe that's the biblical uh, uh, truth of confess your faults one to another. But there's something about confession. There's something about when you're struggling with something habitually, continually, to bringing that out and exposing that to the light and not hiding it anymore. The enemy no longer has any power over that. In fact, the family of God is there to minister grace. And so my encouragement here this morning is whether... Uh, you're in church on a Sunday in a prayer meeting, extended prayer meeting, or on a job site, you're working the guys, or where the grocery store, or if you're on the road and somebody cuts you off, live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel. Be that one. Why? Because it's going to be far more powerful, the body of Christ walking in unity uh, side by side, living out that faith. I'm telling you, the world around us has been filled with uh, uh, um, uh, Bible-thumping Christianity that's been short on life, on living it out. Okay, is that all right? Did I hurt anybody? I don't mind you thumping the Bible. But you're doing more damage when you're pointing to Scripture and not living in a manner worthy of the gospel. And you think you're doing something? You might better keep your mouth shut and pray for deliverance so that your life can be that epistle known and read of all men, not engraven in pages of, on, on stone or in, in ink. It's, it's our lives being lived out. It's grace and mercy and peace justice and joy that's lived in our lives. And I'm telling you, that's attractive. Some of you are flat out good looking when you leave here. 
Because that's the expression of your life. And I'm telling you, that's what the world needs to see. It's what they're starving for. I, I got to tell you, man, it's crazy. And I, there may be a small, small percentage of people that go for crazy. But there's some people looking for stability and truth and, 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 and joy and peace. And, man, they have been ruined by religion. What they need to do is they need to see it in people that have, are living their life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Don't be upset if you suffer. Come on, suffering's all around us. Here's what it says. It says, so then, brothers, and this is Romans chapter 8, verse number 12. It says, so then, brothers, you are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. How many of you realize that your flesh is constantly warring against your spirit? That, that's the problem that some of you don't re- realize when you're, it's not our flesh that loves to be in contact with God. Our flesh is going to resist that all the time. But there's a spiritual uh, uh, individual in each and every one of you that need to, it needs to cultivate that ability to communicate. God does very, he does not communicate with my flesh. He communicates with my spirit. True or not true? True. If you think you're going to hear his voice with one of your five, with your hearing sense, not happening. You're going to feel him with your, because you have feelings? Sometimes your feelings rob you. My feelings, there are feelings. Okay, yeah, I get feelings. But I'll tell you what, there's, there's a, that spiritual man in me that God communicates with and, and is ruled by an entirely different laws. So he says, we're not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if you, by uh, the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. That's an entirely powerful message that I don't have time for. All those led by God's Spirit are God's Son, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. I'm telling you, fear is an incredible enemy of our lives. And you don't need to live there. And, and, and I'm not telling you from a place, uh, and I don't even know why I've been questioned. There was a place not many years ago that I was anxious about a lot of stuff. Like, God, why was I? I was anxious about flying. I was anxious about, I don't know, just all kinds of stuff. And, and I'm, I'm thinking now, because i got to fly tomorrow, I'm like, i got no problem. If this was a few years ago, I'd be like, ah! Uh, so I, I'm not saying, the reason I say that, I'm not saying this from a place that, well, you know, if you don't have it all together, you're, you're, you know, you're no good. I don't know as we all ever have it all together. But it's a constant battle that ensues in our life. And what I'm telling you is you can overcome those fears. Don't sit here today and be 
condemned because you have fear. But you bring that fear to him. And, and, and you tarry. That's what this is beautiful, what we're doing. You tarry before him. And, and somebody comes alongside and prays with you and, and prays a prayer of faith that may not even know what's going on in your life. But the idea of you living constantly in fear, that's not what God wants for us. So it says here, it says, but if I, uh, by the Spirit you uh, put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. All those led by the Spirit are the sons of God. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, seeing that we suffer with Him so that we may also be glorified with Him. For I consider... The sufferings of this present time are not worthy or not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. Think about the moments in our lives, the loss that we suffer, uh, uh, the grief that comes and goes, the, 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 you know, whatever it is that you're suffering in your life. Say, how in the world can you face suffering and still maintain that, uh, that manner of life that, that's joyful and filled with peace? And the reality of it is, if you name the name of Christ, the sufferings of this present time are temporary. There is a hope that we have that goes far beyond this world. We can face death and, and, and just uh, weakness and all kinds of stuff and think you know, those that have no hope beyond this life, they're going to grasp for everything they can get right here. But if you have faith in Christ and you realize the power of the resurrection, this is temporary. But, you know, somebody said it the other day, I forget who, but we all have an expiration date. We can't see it, but you know what I do know? He knows that day. Say, well, that, that's scary to think that. No, because if we're going to go from life to life. And I can imagine just losing my mom. I am convinced that she's in the presence of God. I just believe that. I do. Do you think for a moment she'd want to change where she is to come back here? No. And, and, and if I can live with the expectation and understanding that what we're doing here, the life that I live, to glorify God, to, to be an example, to, to be an expression of His love, is just a temporary thing. And I'm going to go back to Him. I'm going back. You can put that where you want, but I'm going back. And man, oh man, what a day that's going to be, and, uh, you know, well, you want to go today? No, we got work to do. But there will be come a time, and I think it's the glory the, the, of the aging process that we're going to let it go little by little until we're finally saying, look, get me out of here. And God's grace, God's grace upon us. So if you're suffering wherever you're at, listen, live your life. 
Live your life worthy of it. Watch what God can do. If you're suffering, don't take that as if some God's against you. He's for, how many know God's for you? He is for you. Live like he's for you. Even, how many know the world's against you? Okay? Where do we live right now? In a world. In a world that's against us. It's getting more and more against us. So we may suffer a little, but it is not even worthy to be compared to the glory that God's going to reveal and what's for us. Stand with me this morning. I will bless you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. There are some things, again, that just take time. I am convinced that when there is a message that is spirit-led, God, uh, by His Spirit, speaks to each individual. And it's not the amplified words of through a sound system, but it's a still, small voice speaking to your spirit. How many of you have ever heard that during a message? And what happens, if you're not careful, you know, you can just, that still, small voice in, in the message that he's trying to get to you personally, which what amazes me is there are going to be 50 different directions he wants to take this. But if you don't stop long enough to solidify that in your life, anybody ever have a dream from God and then forget it? A vision, a word. It's like, man, wow, what a powerful word. And two days later, what was that? I wish I'd have stopped. And I, you know, there's different ones that journal. I, it makes me jealous. But, but what happens when we tarry at the end of a service, when we're praying together, it's, it's that, God, I want to solidify what the Spirit is speaking to me. I, I just want to, I'm not, okay, yeah, we got good coffee. We got probably some leftover danishes. You can run out there and do that. And, or you can stop long enough and say, Lord, what is it that you were trying to say to me there? And so that's what we pray for. And then if you're up here and how many need a healing in your body, we're going to pray. How many need, know somebody needs deliverance? Let's pray together. So as we turn the music on, uh, if you need something, man, tap me on the shoulder. We're going to pray together. But let's, let's just for a few moments, even if you're not going to stay till we have communion, just, just tarry with us and say, Lord, what were you trying to say to me? And see what he says. Father, your blessings on us as we gather together right now to pray and to seek your face. Let that, the, your gospel be lived out in every one of our lives. I speak that upon my brothers and sisters in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new messages are released. And remember to visit gatewaylive.org for more information.